This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And a very pleasant good morning, everybody. As always, good to be back with you. This is the Marlins Rewind. And last night at Lone Depot Park, the Marlins had an opportunity to win a series against the San Diego Padres. If Edward Cabrera could beat the lefty Sean Manaya in the second of three this week at Lone Depot Park. Cabrera, recently off the injured list, has really done an excellent job this year. Uh, he was making his fifth start of the season for the Marlins last night. Three wins, one loss, and a 2.05 ERA this season. Check that. Last night was his sixth start of the season, but through five, he had been really good. He was making his sixth start of the year last night. And with the recap, as always, here is Glenn Geffner. A lot of action packed into three hours, 33 minutes at Lone Depot Park on this Taco Tuesday. Marlins over the San Diego Padres in an exciting ball game, 4-3. to three. The headlines for the Marlins, they finally end that drought. They score more than three runs in the game for the first time since July 29th against the Mets, ending their string of 16 straight games, scoring three runs or fewer, longest by any big league team since the 1969 California Angels. Just the ninth team in modern Major League history to go 16 straight games in which they could not score more than three runs. And they beat the Padres for a second night in a row. Back-to-back wins for the Marlins for the first time since July 13th and 14th. In that case, it was back-to-back extra inning walk-offs against the Pittsburgh Pirates, 5-4-10 and 10 on July 13th and 3-2-11 and 11 on the 14th. As for this one... It didn't start out as though it was going to be such a wild ball game. Yet Edward Cabrera on the mound for the Marlins, Sean Manaya going for San Diego, and we were scoreless into the bottom of the second. Manaya had retired the first five in a row. He had back-to-back Ks of Anderson and Bladeda beginning number two, but then he faced Nick Fortes. Manaya the 1-1, and Fortes drives it out toward Autonation Alley. Way back, left center field, and Nick Fortes has hit it out. A home run. It's his fifth of the season, and it's one nothing Marlins in the second. They would add their lead against Manaya in inning number three. Peyton Burdick led off with a walk. He took second on a Luke Williams single. So Miami had a golden opportunity, two on nobody out. But after back-to-back strikeouts of Rojas and Cooper, suddenly there were two outs, and they needed a clutch hit from Jesus Aguilar. It's 2-0 the count to Aguilar, who grounded his short his first time, and here he grounds to third, and that one eats Machado up! It goes down the line! Coming home, Burdick held at third base, Williams in at second base, Aguilar, and the Marlins go up 2-0. A hot smash to third, and as good a gloveman as Machado is, he couldn't handle it. Jesus Aguilar with his 48th run batted into the season, a clutch two-out RBI. I remember... The immortal words of Dan Jennings, longtime Marlins executive, and for a while the Marlins manager, two out RBIs, get you to heaven. That was the team leading 48th RBI of the year for Aguilar, and the Marlins led it 2-0 after three. They would extend their lead in the fourth inning with one out nobody on, Nick Fortes again. Nick Fortes homered last time, deep to left again this time. Profar at the wall, goodbye, he's done it again. 
Three nothing Marlins on Nick Fortes's second long ball of the night. Home run number six on the season, his first ever multiple home run game in the major leagues, and things were looking good at that point. Miami up three nothing in the fourth. Now Edward Cabrera threw four scoreless innings in this game, but the pitch count caught up with him. Twenty three in the first, twenty nine in the second, through eighteen pitches in the third, and twenty one in the fourth. So he had to exit after four innings tonight, and leading 3-0, the Marlins would call upon their bullpen for 15 outs tonight on a night when Tanner Scott was unavailable after throwing a total of 66 pitches in the last two days, and a night when Steven Okert was unavailable after going in back-to-back games and pitching in three out of the last four. So Donnie wanted to stay away from two of his key late-inning relief pitchers He knew he would have to get creative in that bullpen, and when Cabrera only went four, uh, as I said during the broadcast, it was as though Donnie would have to manage the rest of this game with one hand tied behind his back. It wasn't easy. Waskar Brazabon came on in the fifth inning, and he shut down the Padres. He issued a two-out walk to Manny Machado, but that was it. Struck out Josh Bell to escape, and we went to the sixth. Miami in front in this game by the score of 3 to nothing, Andrew Nardi made his Major League debut in the sixth inning. Became the 11th different Marlin to play in a big league game for the first time this season. Nardi was having a big year at AA Pensacola and AAA Jacksonville. And in the sixth, he got the first out. Jake Cronenworth on a foul pop-up to first base. With one out, Will Myers a fly ball to right. And with two outs and nobody on, Nardi went after Trent Grisham. Nardi, not a guy we saw in big league spring training this year. He was not a non-roster invitee to camp. But a great start at double-A Pensacola. Pitched brilliantly at triple-A Jacksonville. Here he is on 3-2 again. Grisham takes. Strike three called. Andrew Nardi with his first major league strikeout to close out a 1-2-3 sixth in his first inning in the big leagues. Nicely done. To the bottom of the sixth, it remains the Marlins three and the Padres nothing on the Marlins radio network. Well, we went to the seventh, still three nothing. And the seventh inning is when the Padres were finally able to break through. They hadn't scored in 15 innings in this series. And coming into this game, they'd only scored eight runs in the first five head-to-head games these two teams have played this year. But in the seventh, Hassan Kim led off with an infield hit. That was against Nardi, who stayed out there for inning number seven. Nardi, who had routinely pitched multiple innings at AA and AAA this year. He came back, though, to strike out Jorge Alfaro for the first out, but then a single by Profar and a walk to Juan Soto loaded the bases for the Padres. Trailing 3-0, they had the bases full, one out, and at that point, Don Mattingly pulled the debuting rookie, Andrew Nardi, out of the game and brought Eliezer Hernandez on in a very unenviable spot, having to face Manny Machado with the bases loaded and a three-run lead. Eliezer's 2-2 pitch. Machado smokes one to the gap. Left center field. That's going to get down, and it ought to clear the bases. One run is in. Two runs are in. Here comes the third run. It's a double for Machado, and we're tied at three. So Manny Machado has knocked in six of the 11 runs the Padres have scored against Marlins pitching in six games this season. Machado, who went two for three tonight, is 11 for 20 against Marlins pitching this year, whereas the rest of his teammates, for the most part, have been very quiet. So we were 3-3 in the seventh. You had the go-ahead man Machado at second base against Eliezer with only one out, but Eliezer came back. He got Josh Bell to fly to center for the second out, and when Jake Cronenworth lifted a fly ball to Blade and left, Hernandez escaped the inning, and we were tied at three on the Machado Bases loaded double. Bottom of the seventh, Luis Garcia out of the bullpen for the Padres. The starter, Sean Manaya went four. 
four hits, three runs, one walk, six strikeouts, two Fortes homers, 64 pitches, 42 strikes. Nabil Krizmat set down the side, one, two, three, in both the fifth and sixth innings. Garcia got the seventh in a tie game. Nick Fortes led off with a single, giving him his first ever three-hit game in the major leagues. With Fortes at first base, Joey Wendell pinch hit for Charles LeBlanc. LeBlanc went 0 for 2 in this game, had his career opening 13 game on base streak come to an end tonight, lifted in the seventh for the pinch hitter. Joey Wendell was robbed in great defensive play, diving to his left by the second baseman, Jake Cronenworth. Wendell was out 4 3, but Fortes advanced to second base. And in a 3 3 game, the go ahead man was in scoring position with one out in the bottom of the seventh inning for the rookie center fielder, Peyton Burdick. Oh, one pitch to Burdick. is a line drive down the right field line. Fair ball. Going to roll all the way into the corner. Fortes coming around third. The Marlins have the lead. Burdick is in at second base with an RBI double. 4-3 in the bottom of the seventh. For Burdick, his third two-base hit and his third major league RBI. He went one for two tonight. That RBI double, a walk, and a run scored. And the Marlins had the lead back at 4-3. So now they had six outs to get with the one-run lead. Eliezer stayed out there to begin the eighth inning, and things did not start well. Will Myers doubled into left center field. So with nobody out in the eighth inning, the Padres had the tying man at second, and Trent Grisham was the batter. 2-1 to Grisham is hit high in the air, right field. Anderson's under it and makes the catch. Runner tags at second, wants third. Andy, what a throw! Wendell the tag! Got him! A frozen rope on the fly from right, and Myers is out. It's a fly ball double play. And Myers walking back to the dugout, looking at the big screen in center, asking, how did he do that? It was a remarkable throw by Brian Anderson, measured at 95.5 miles per hour from right field to third base, on the fly to Wendell, who applied the tag on Myers, the 9-5 put out completed the fly ball double play. So at that point down a run, the Padres had two outs, nobody on. Hassung Kim worked a walk with the lefty hitting. Nomar Mazzara announced as a pinch hitter for Jorge Alfaro. Richard Blyer came out of the bullpen. Bob Melvin, though, countered with a right-handed hitter, Brandon Drury. And when Drury singled the center field, Kim went all the way to third. So now down a run, the Padres threatening again. First and third against Blyer, two outs in the eighth inning. It was back to the top of the batting order in Jurickson Profar. 3-1 pitch, and Profar bounces it to third in between hop. Fielded by Wendell, goes down to second. They get the force out on Drury to end the inning. That's a tough play for Wendell just into the game. Wow. Nicely done. Some great defense. Slams the door on the Padres in the eighth. So you had the Anderson throw and the great pick by Wendell to get... The Marlins out of that eighth inning and into the ninth, still up by the one run, four to three. With the lefty bat of Juan Soto leading off the ninth inning, Richard Blyer stayed in the game to begin the inning, and Juan Soto beat out an infield hit to the shortstop, Miguel Rojas. Miggy made a remarkable diving stop on it, and while he couldn't get to his feet, he got enough on the throw to get it to first base, but not ahead of Soto, who reached on an infield hit. So right out of the gate in the ninth inning, the Padres... Had the tying man on with nobody out. At that point, the lefty Blyer exited. The righty Dylan Floro came on. And when Manny Machado singled, all of a sudden, you had Soto, the tying man, at second base. You had Machado, the go-ahead man, at first base. Nobody out in the ninth. 
but Dylan Floral buckled down. He struck out Josh Bell for the first out, got him swinging. He struck out Jake Cronenworth looking for the second out. And with two on and two outs, the Padres down to their last chance. It was Dylan Floro matched up with Will Myers. And now Marlins fans in the ballpark rise to their feet. Marlins are a strike away from back-to-back wins and a series clinching victory over the San Diego Padres. Padres, the second-place team in the National League West and currently in the number three wildcard position in the National League if the season were to end today. Two on, two outs. The two-strike pitch to Myers. Swing and a miss. Dylan Floro slams the door. And the Marlins hang on for the 4-3 win. An exciting night of baseball here at Lone Depot Park. Miami's won the first two games of this series from the San Diego Padres. The final 4-3 Marlins for Miami. Four runs, six hits, no errors, five left. For the Padres, three runs, ten hits, no errors. They went one for 12 with men in scoring position, stranding 12 in the game. Eliezer Hernandez, a blown save, and the win. He's 3-6. and six. Luis Garcia takes the loss for the Padres. He falls to 4-6 and six on the season. Dylan Floro recorded the final three outs to wrap up his third save here in 2022. Time of the ballgame was three hours and 33 minutes. So the Marlins, with the victory, after losing four straight to the Braves to begin this homestand, have won consecutive contests against the San Diego Padres. Back-to-back wins for the first time since July 13th and 14th at home against the Pirates. Miami improves now to 52 and 65 on the season, including 25 and 32 here at Lone Depot Park. And again, the Marlins score four runs in this game. So they have ended that run of 16 straight games, scoring three runs or fewer. The first major league team to do that since the 1969 California Angels. As for the Padres, they fall to two and three on their road trip to Washington and Miami. This is a stretch of games, three in Washington, three in Miami, and then four at home against the Nationals. You think about ten games for the Padres trying to surge toward a playoff spot against the two teams at the bottom of the National League East. they got to be thinking about going eight and two or something like that in that stretch, but they're two and three, having won two out of three from the Nats, but having lost the first two here at Lone Depot Park. So San Diego, after the 44-27 and start, now 21-27 and beginning June 23rd, and 65-54 and overall on the year. With the setback tonight, the Padres fall to 32-30 and on the road this season. And the season series is even three wins aside. With one game to go tomorrow, we will decide the season series in the seventh and final encounter of the year between the Marlins and Padres. Pablo Lopez will pitch against the right-hander Mike Clevenger. The Marlins and Nation working together to strike out cancer in our communities again here in 2022. Every time Marlins pitch records a strikeout this season, $25 be donated to Nation Driving Initiative to support cancer research. Tonight, 13 of the 27 outs recorded by way of the K. 13 strikeouts by Marlins pitchers. That's a total of $325 to Autonation's Driving Initiative for the season now. 1,022 Ks and $25,550 from the Marlins to Autonation's Drive Pink Initiative. Nice win for the Marlins. And they uh, surpassed that three-run total run mark that uh, they have been desperately trying to do for a couple of weeks. Uh, they beat the Padres 4-3. to three. Let's hear what the skipper, Don Mattingly, had to say afterwards. 
really good. Uh, Donnie, when uh, just talked to Portes and he walked over and he said, you know, this was a good win. This was a good win. Just what stood out to you about this win tonight and just really the way there were contributions from everyone as a whole? Yeah, I think I think that's a you know a good point that that Nick makes is it felt like there was a lot of guys involved. You know the kids did some stuff for us. Nick obviously hits the two homers. Um, our whole basically our whole pitching staff. We had guys down and we were kind of mixing and matching trying to get through that one and be able to do that. Nardi, the young kid, comes up gives us a good inning. Um, yeah, you know, Peyton gets a big hit, drives in that run. I just think a lot of good things happen. Uh, we know Andy has experience in the outfield. Just that throw, you know, it just kind of even the momentum you get from a great defensive play, right? No, absolutely. When they, you know, we get the run, they lead off with a double, uh, and to get that throw is, you know, pretty cool. That's two now. Uh, we got a guy the other day uh, at the plate, and. You know both throws, and it's kind of like you really see, you know, what he does out there in right field as far as the running game. There's no real running on that. Whether it's Nick or Jacob, just what do those two catchers mean to this club? It's been a really good. I was thinking about it right after the game. It, our catching group is in pretty good spot, right? We've seen both of these guys. I, I think Nick, and he, you know, I know we we see the swing and, and the the home runs. But to me, the, the growth in calling the game, handling the pitching staff, that is where it's truly going to make a difference, you know, organizationally as, as he keeps growing in that way. Jacob's already kind of got that in his tool belt. Uh, and I talked about it a little bit last night, just the fact that Jacob's such a good teammate and, and they work together uh, is a good thing. So um, our kitchen's in, in a pretty good spot right now. I ran out four innings, 90 pitches, seven strikeouts. How can you describe? Yeah, yeah. He, he, I mean, he threw zeros. That's what you ask guys to do. Uh, obviously, a lot of pitches today. And, uh, you know, every inning was seemed like a battle. Uh, again, a lot of pitches for four innings. Um, and those are the kind of decisions I... You know, I'm going to leave to Mel as far as like where is he at, how you feel about him, and he was like, absolutely, that's it. And just you know, this is a guy that's still coming back, um, and we're going to you know we're going to protect. Uh, and it's not not so many. It's not like the number. Like you say, oh, you had 90, you could have went back out. It was the way he got there. You know, if it had been that's kind of a 90 pitch, seven inning type game right there where he's throwing that many pitches. So it's it's more of a battle today. Cooper, and just thank goodness, you know, the, the helmet takes the most of the absorption of the pitch, yeah. but just did he say he was okay? Was that just more being very cautious with getting hit in the head? Well, we were going to run if he got on no matter what, try to get another run with Birdie there, so that he was going to run. But definitely, I, I don't, I didn't like really see, like, it didn't feel like it, it had to be a grazer. But that's one when you're up there and that one's like that, that scares the bejesus out of you. Because that one, that's one of those that, that changes careers right there and changes your livelihood if that gets you solid at that, that one. So that's one of those that probably scares him a lot, right, as a hitter. Uh, it's one you can't get out of the way of. It's, just, it's a dangerous, that's a dangerous one. 
I want to say, with, going back to Cabrera, I mean, since he's come back, a lot of weak contact, too. Just what is it? I, I mean, talks so much different pitches he has, but for him to be able to, you know, opposing, it doesn't seem like a comfortable bat or contact. Yeah, he's kind of a, he's a little different because he's a guy that, you know, averaging probably one of the top five or six in the big leagues is Velo. But his changeup's the separator, and he's throwing that thing like 93 miles an hour. And, and so he, he kind of, in a sense, pitches backwards, right? And for a guy that throws like that, it's different. So you're going to get like, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's a different style of a bat with him because you know the changeup's good and you got to wait, but it's still hard and you got to get going. And, and when it goes down, it's just, there's a lot to deal with. His movement is really good off that thing. And then again, he adds the, the breaking balls. He's throwing the two and the four. Now we're trying to get him to pitch to the top more. He's starting to get more extension, things like that, um, that make him more to deal with than he did. It was like, like a little bit like Brax, right? You know, he was more a lot of, lot of change-ups last year. It seems like they were off the plate. They weren't in the strike zone. Uh, and now you see a different mix. When he's mixed the two seam, he's kind of picked that up. Uh, trying to pitch at the top a little bit. Things that you just don't <clears throat> Guys like him don't have to use in the minor leagues. So they don't know they need it until they get here. You get here and you go, hmm, you know, I need another pitch, right? I need to be able to do more. When he's down there, he's, he's whirling through not having to do that. And he doesn't know he needs it until he gets here. You think Andy could find a permanent home in the outfield, given the shoulder issues that he has sustained and maybe a little easier out there on him? I think it definitely would be easier on him. I, I think the question is, do you profile? Can you hit enough out there? Because you got to have production out of your outfield. You know, unless you're getting huge production out of, let's say, second and short. And so you're getting huge production out of different areas, then you're going to, you know, you, you, have, you have to try to, in a sense, try to find offense out there. So, I mean, so definitely profiles, but he, he has to, you know, basically hit and, and bang a little bit. That was Marlins manager Don Mattingly after the Marlins 4-3 victory over the San Diego Padres. The Marlins have won this series, and they're now looking to sweep this series from San Diego at 4-10 this afternoon when Pablo Lopez goes opposite of the right-hander Mike Clevenger. We'll hit the air at 3-40 with Marlins on deck. And as always, we hope you'll find some time to join us in the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due Due to leaks in the AC system, you want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.